Thank you all for having me tonight. Um, again, my name is Baron Savitz. I'm the Zero Waste Advocate with Penn Environment. Um, as was just so nicely put, we're a statewide environmental nonprofit. Um, we believe all Pennsylvanians deserve clean air, clean water, and a safe and livable climate. As a Zero Waste Advocate, I worked the past few years with townships, with boroughs, and with cities all across Pennsylvania on tackling waste, and specifically single-use plastics. Uh, that includes Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, your neighbors in Solbury and Doylestown, um, and past legislation like the one being discussed tonight. I'll start with a brief overview of why we're tackling plastic pollution, what the problem is, and then I'll talk a bit about the solution and the legislation that is being discussed. So if we go to the next slide. And I apologize that the slide has to be on the wall. Um, I could not get it to fit on the back here, but we'll, hopefully everyone can see it. Um, the big problem with plastic in our eyes is that we use a ton of stuff, and a lot of that stuff is meant to be used once and then tossed aside. Uh, if you think about a plastic bag you get from the grocery store, or straws, cups, foam containers, chips, candy, sometimes produce, cucumbers, lettuce, so many items come packaged in plastic or other packaging that when you're done with it, you have to throw away. The problem is, there isn't an away, especially with plastic. If it goes to a landfill, if it goes to an incinerator, or if it ends up as litter in our environment, it is posing a harm to our wildlife and our health. Next slide. Every year, Americans generate 35 million tons of plastic waste. That's not plastic used, that's the amount they throw out. Less than 6% of that ends up recycled, so the rest is ending up in a landfill, an incinerator, or straight our environment. A big part of that problem, um, and the type we generally think about, is our wildlife. We see images like bees, birds wrapped in plastic, a turtle with a straw in its nose. Wildlife eat plastic and staking it for food, it can choke them, it can stop them from finding actual food so they starve, it can disrupt breeding patterns, and you know, our wildlife are very important. Um, but next slide. It's not just wildlife we're talking about when it comes to the harms of plastic pollution. Plastic poses a threat to our infrastructure and our bottom line. Plastic bags especially clog stormwater drains, as we see more and more common heavy rainfall events, uh, super storms, and the like, we see more flooding. And if plastic bags are clogging our storm drains, then the effects of that flooding is worse, and that's seen in property damage. That's seen in loss of life. Um, it also takes a lot of money to clean these storm drains. The Philadelphia Water Department estimates that their stormwater infrastructure management costs are doubled by plastic pollution. Litter as well imposes costs. PennDOT spends millions of dollars every year on cleaning up highway litter. Our biggest communities spend millions of dollars. Our seven biggest cities spend millions of dollars every year to prevent litter and to clean it up. And if it's that much of a cost for cities who have more resources, it's definitely a cost to our smaller townships and boroughs. And that cost is borne by taxpayers, like everyone here tonight. So next slide. Um, oh, yeah, those are just the specific sets. PennDOT spends $13 million on highway cleanup every year, and our nine largest cities spend $68.5 million on litter and litter So next slide. The problem goes further than that. Um, plastic doesn't go away in our environment. If you think about an apple or a piece of paper, it'll biodegrade, it'll turn into natural components. Plastic just breaks into smaller and smaller pieces of plastic. 
You may have heard of microplastics in the news. There are these tiny fragments that have been found in the highest places on Earth, like Mount Everest. They've been found in our oceans. They're in our air, they're in the rain, they're in our drinking water. At Penn Environment, we tested over 100 waterways all across Pennsylvania for microplastics, including 50 of the cleanest, most pristine, best maintained streams in the state. We found microplastics everywhere we tested. That includes 10 waterways across Bucks County. The Chamonix Creek, we tested right at Tyler State Park. Microplastics, we found them everywhere. I've tested drinking water, including Philadelphia, a bit north in the Lehigh Valley, and Allentown, East End, Bethlehem. I found microplastics in every sample of drinking water I've tested. These plastics are everywhere, and it's, it's in the air, so we're breathing it in. It's in our water, so we're drinking it. It's in our food, so we eat it. Some studies estimate just by living your life, you ingest five grams of microplastics every week. That's about the weight of a credit card or a single-use plastic bag. That's a plastic bag of plastic every week just from living your daily life. Now these plastics contain chemicals. Some of them can cause various health effects like uh, reproductive disorders, they are endocrine disruptors, they can cause birth defects, certain types of cancer have been linked to the chemicals in plastic. Um, we saw recently with the East Palestine train derailment, some of those toxic chemicals the train was carrying were being used to make plastic. And when that plastic breaks down, it still contains the chemicals, and then we eat them, we breathe them, we drink those chemicals in. So next slide. That's why I, Penn Environment, and municipalities all around Pennsylvania have been working to get rid of these single-use plastics. They're everywhere, they're in so many parts of our lives, they never truly go away, they harm our environment, our wildlife, and our health. So the best thing we can do, especially when we have easy replacements for things like plastic bags, straws, utensils, takeout containers, is to get rid of them and find a better solution. So for the past couple of years, we've been working with townships and boroughs. The first one was in 2018 with Dartworth. They passed a small fee on plastic bags and a ban on straws. Since then, uh, well, momentum has exploded from municipalities. If we can go to the next slide. This is a list of everyone who has taken action in Pennsylvania so far. It's 15 cities, townships, and boroughs, including our two largest cities, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, as well as, I believe, just two municipalities in Bucks County, Solbury and Boylestown. These ordinances cover 16% of Pennsylvanians. When they're all in effect, they could ban over 780 million single-use plastic bags every year. That's 4,300 tons of plastic waste that, rather than going to a landfill or an incinerator, because plastic bags, by and large, can't be recycled. These bags are no longer in circulation, they're not getting used, and so we save them from becoming plastic waste, plastic pollution, they can't harm us, they can't harm our wildlife. 11 of these laws passed, you see on the screen, were passed in 2022 alone. So there's been a huge shift in momentum. There are dozens of other municipalities all around the state considering ordinances like the one here today, uh, that includes not just Newtown Township, but places like Lower Marion, Cheltenham, and Montgomery County. It includes several Chester County, probably too many to name. Several of your neighbors in Bucks County. There's a growing movement in State College, in Harrisburg, in Lancaster, in Allentown, Bethlehem, to get rid of plastic bags. So we're seeing more and more of these laws pop up. Last year, we also saw the first ban on polystyrene foam containers. If you think about styrofoam cups, takeout containers, plates, we saw the first ban on those products, it was in Solbury actually, 
We also saw the second, third, and fourth bans on polystyrene products last year. One thing, and we can go to the next slide. One thing we've done at Penn Environment to help make this easier is develop model legislation. We have a whole toolkit of resources to help local leaders, activists, and volunteers to pass these, legis pass these ordinances, but also to make sure it's more consistent community to community so that what's done here won't be too different from what's done in your neighboring townships, boroughs, and cities. Um, so I want to touch on a few key points from our model because it is what uh, it is very similar to the legislation proposed here tonight. So for plastic bags, we recommend a straight band. They're the worst environmental option, so we want to get rid of them. It doesn't matter if it's a thin plastic bag or a thick plastic bag. By and large, people use them once. Maybe they'll reuse it a second time for their trash or their pet waste. But eventually, they get thrown away. They go to a landfill or an incinerator, and they harm our environment. We have easy alternatives with paper and reusable bags. Um, though paper bags do have an environmental footprint, so we want to place a small fee on paper bags because you don't want to replace plastic one-to-one -one with paper. Retailers get to keep this fee. It helps cover the cost of switching from plastic to paper because plastic is a cheaper option. Um, you can do what you want with that fee as a retailer. You could either use it to cover the costs, you could donate it to an environmental uh, or conservation organization. Whatever you choose to do with it is, is your money. Um, but that fee serves as a psychological reminder for residents if you have to pay 15 cents for a paper bag, 30 cents for two, 45 for three, you're far more likely to remember a reusable bag from home. And that's the best option, to bring a reusable alternative over and over and over again, because then you're not creating a new product every time, and it's not becoming waste when you're done using it. That psychological effect ripples outward, too. Um, if people are bringing reusable bags, they're more likely to have a reusable bottle or they might bring a thermos with them to the coffee shop to get their coffee instead of a single-use coffee cup. They might bring Tupperware with them to bring their leftovers home from a restaurant, or they'll have a metal straw with them so they don't need a plastic one. So it can have wide-ranging psychological effects beyond just the bags themselves. Polystyrene foam containers are also, like plastic bags, not recyclable. So for them, we also recommend a ban and using either I mean, ideally reusable containers. There are many businesses that are using reusable takeout containers or piloting programs with reusable mugs instead of foam cups. Um, but you could also use cardboard containers, you could use hard plastic containers, but polystyrene foam is especially bad for our environment, so we'd like it there. Plastic utensils and straws, however, we want to make available on customer requests. So rather than outright banning them, because there are communities that require plastic straws or plastic utensils, we recommend making it so that someone has to ask for them. If you place that small barrier in the way, then people are less likely to seek out a straw if you don't need one. If you don't have a straw automatically handed to you with your beverage, if you don't have a straw sitting out in a bucket or plastic utensils sitting out in a bucket or napkins or condiments, then and you keep them back until someone requests them, they're less likely to use them you cut back on the waste, but you make sure they're there for those that need them. Um, and then we can go to the next slide. A few other things to touch on. Um, in the definitions, you'll see a lot of different definitions, a few ones to highlight. We wanted this legislation to apply to as many types of retail as possible. So it's not just grocery stores who would be affected. It's not just restaurants. It would be any sort of retail, from a clothing store, a gas station to a convenience store. 
includes takeout and delivery, not just dining in. That way, uh, the more wide-ranging we make an ordinance like this, the more effective it can be. There are some exemptions. Often, municipalities include a waiver process where if you, say, have too many plastic bags already in stock and you can't get rid of them by the time the ordinance goes into effect, you can apply for a waiver so that you can wait six months or a year before you would have to comply and use up that stock. Certain bags, like prepackaged trash bags, Ziploc bags, pet waste bags sold in a store, those are not covered by the ordinance. The bags banned are only the ones handed out at checkout. Produce bags, similarly, newspaper bags, the bags that package raw meat or fish, or at a pet store, live animals like crickets or fish, those bags will also all be allowed. Um, this legislation also doesn't happen overnight. We don't want to just snap our fingers and tell uh, all the businesses, now you got to get rid of plastic. There's a rollout period, an implementation time. Our model suggests that after 30 days, retailers post signs so that A, they know what's happening, and B, their customers shopping know when these changes are going to come into effect and what the changes are. And then 90 days after the legislation is passed, that's when bans and fees go into effect, that's when enforcement begins, and that's when everything would go in full force. That would give you time to adjust, to get new products, and to change. Now, just given some of the challenges with supply chains or procurement, this implementation plan is flexible. Some communities have gone to six months for the rollout, some have gone to a year, and that's certainly an area where input from retailers is important to understand how long you would need to adjust the change. Um, I've been talking for a while now, um, so the last thing I just want to say is education is very important. Both from the point of the Board of Supervisors, the Environmental Advisory Council, but also from retailers, members of the public. Letting friends and family know about public meetings, letting people know about the changes if they happen, posting signs, putting out a word on social media, getting as many people to know about the changes as possible will make the implementation and the rollout much smoother and easier for everyone because if people know about the changes ahead of time, they know what they need to do to comply, either as a shopper or a vendor, then um, the actual rollout will be fairly simple. We saw in Philadelphia, there are some lapses in communication, some speed bumps, um, and so there were issues when it came time to roll it out. But other communities have seen it go much smoother because they did a good job of education. So that's another important point for everyone to remember. With that, I've been talking for a while, so do we want to open it up for questions?